Hello and welcome to the Shorthand States on the Guernsey Press Politics podcast. Uh, my name is James Fallar and uh, I'm with Matt Fallais today uh, and we're going through a strange, another strange day in the States, I'd say, where rather than uh, get to a vote on uh, goods and services tax and all the other issues, the States has done its level best today to try and find other things to talk about to avoid talking about GST. Is that fair, Matt? Yeah, I think there's been a bit of diversion therapy, hasn't there? If we kind of recap where we are. So the states spent yesterday, I mean, made really heavy weather yesterday of deciding that there should be this menu of five different tax packages, which they should debate alongside each other in general debate and then vote on sequentially at the end, what we're now calling options A to E. Um, But they haven't managed to get into any of that debate today because they've spent all of it debating um, other amendments, modifying some of those five packages, and in some cases debating things which have nothing to do with tax and spending at all. So some really quite interesting debates, perhaps with one or two quite significant decisions, but still they're not debating the meat of which of these five tax packages, if any, they're going to um, approve at the end of the debate. Yeah, true. I mean, the closest they got to talking about GST was talking uh, a John Gollop amendment about GST on food, which, against all the odds, has romped home. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, actually. I mean, I, when the debate started, I thought this would be, I know, a typical sort of Deputy Gollop amendment, quite well crafted, some good points, but wouldn't get a majority at the end. Um, I think uh, only a handful of deputies voted against it in the end. So that means assuming the states stick with that vote at the end of uh, general debate, that if GST is introduced, which we think is unlikely, uh, it will not be applied to food, um, retail food. So food bought in supermarkets or bought from stalls would be exempt from GST. Deputy Peter Furbrush, who was one of only, I think, four deputies who voted against it, said, hold on, if, if you do that, if you exclude food, but you want to raise the same amount of revenue we're going to have to make GST 6% instead of 5%. Um, The states more or less disregarded that, perhaps because they're not going to back GST anyway, and said, no, if if GST comes in, we're not prepared for it to be on food. And very unusually, because most places with GST do still levy it on on, on a broad range of goods and services, uh, but in Guernsey, it will end up being excluded from food. It almost came across as a populist vote really the, the state members are saying look at me i didn't want to put gst on food even though i don't want to do gst in the first place i didn't vote for it to go on food is is, is that the way you saw it populist surely not <laughs> um yeah p- perhaps I, I mean a lot of those 22 who voted in favor of exempting food from gst won't vote for gst anyway so you know they they as far as they were concerned it was another uh, kind of dagger in the heart of GST. But but others are seeing it as a, so- a potential softening of GST. Well, it's not food, therefore it's not as bad, is it? And it actually gives it more chance of getting through. Yeah, I think there's something in that. And actually, it perhaps does beg the question whether if PNR had proposed a hu- much higher rate of GST, but on a smaller range of goods, with more compensating measures like, you know, lower rates of income tax and that kind of thing, whether they might actually have, have been able to get that through the states. And that perhaps the the biggest problem with GST is just how broad-based and blunt it is. But uh, if, if food is excluded, I mean, uh, look, thinking about the maths behind it, I, I think about 20% of all expenditure 
will end up being excluded from GST. So, you know, it, it, it has taken quite a big part out of PNR's package, option A package, already. But, but anyway, if the states didn't want to talk about GST, why are we talking about it? Uh, let's move on to some other stuff. Um, so there was a, um, an amem- or a discussion today about whether, uh, I think it was raised by Deputy Mark Hellyer, that, uh, don't worry, if inflation's still as bad as we thought in 2025, GST won't be coming in. And that was news to quite a few people, though PNR think that it's always been uh, out there. Yeah, I mean, he intervened in another member's speech because uh, I think it was Deputy Simon Vermeulen was saying, look, this is the worst possible time to introduce GST with inflation soaring. And Deputy Hellyer said, well, look, if inflation is still at this kind of level in two years, we will just delay introducing GST. Now, PNR Deputy Furbrush then later said that he he had already uh, offered this delay to GST in in various meetings, um, but Deputy Salisbury, who of course used to be a member of PNR, said it was the first she'd heard of it. Deputy Saint Pierre was ultra critical and essentially said, "Look, PNR is trying to you know throw any kind of life belt it can," and painted a picture of the committee in disarray. I have been to some public meetings over GST, and I, this was the first I was aware of PNR formally saying, "Look, you know, it's it's kind of core to our proposals that if inflation is still high in two years' time, we will delay the introduction of GST." And it is not actually in their proposals that they are going to ask the states to vote on tomorrow or whenever they vote. So it did it came a bit out of left field. Uh, and, um, you know, it caused one of the most interesting talking points in the debate today. Mm, yeah. And of course, you know, we don't know how uh, or don't know how that one will end. And indeed, it seems almost certain potentially to take this into the next election as uh, as being an issue if it if it's still potentially hanging around on on the table. Um, another bad moment for for PNR, which uh, is interesting. A number of states members, in fact, many states members, queued up to say that. Can I just say this is not personal? Uh, but then had a pretty uh, decent dig at, um, at PNR uh, over the removal of which they successfully managed to do of delegated authority. Now this is very much. Um, from left field because this is not part of the proposals at all uh, and yet suddenly 568 million pounds of, of spending power which seemed to be given to the committee in a, a fit of um, naive enthusiasm for action this day some 18 months ago has now disappeared yeah, I mean, as you say, this had nothing at all to do with tax. And there was a challenge that the amendment shouldn't even be considered because it didn't have anything to do with tax. The states decided to, to uh, debate it and approved it. And this could be really quite significant. So PNR started this term with, with um, delegated authority to approve up to, I think it was £2 million on uh, capital projects. Initially, the states put that up to £5 million. But then in, in July of 2021, they put it up to 568 million. They said, look, here's a whole list of capital projects which might progress in this term. The total expected cost is 568 million. So PNR can approve any of these projects and costs on any of these projects, so long as the total envelope is within 568 million. I mean, absolutely massive and unprecedented delegated authority for PNR. Um, and now they've taken it all away again. 18 months later. And you, you, you have to imagine, you know, that this 
could be the moment where where things in the life of the states where things start to get really difficult for PNR. You know, there is always this tension between the senior committee and the rest of the states, and how much confidence and trust the the states is prepared to have in its senior committee. It placed a massive amount of trust and confidence in them in July 2021 by effectively signing a blank check for 568 million and now it's clawed all of it back and that can only be interpreted as a big shift in the balance of power in this in this term from PNR back to the states assembly and and I and I think the ramifications of that will play out now for a long time it's close to a vote of no confidence in a way uh, before you'd expect perhaps the vote of no confidence was going to come in with GST interesting of course that really this delegated authority has not ever been tested you know it doesn't seem in either way it doesn't seem that PNR have gone running off with the checkbook neither does it seem that they've made any uh, that the um permission has made any significant difference at all to states capital spending is still proceeding at a funereal pace yeah i think probably what's happened is that the the concern is the ability pnr had to move budgets from one project to another and there have been some uh, problems of course with with projects so the, the next phase of the the princess elizabeth hospital for example um, and the difficulties over the post-16 campus at Les Osway, you know, there have been challenges around the timelines and the budgets for some of those projects. And all of a sudden, of course, states members realised that having given this great big pot of £568 million to PNR, uh, the committee could just, you know, could double, the, the, for example, the, the, the budget on a single project just by moving some of this money around. And I, I think that is probably what, in the end, has persuaded deputies to take away the authority which they gave to PNR 18 months ago. I, I don't, not sure it's really a, 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 a vote of no confidence of sorts. I think it's it's more about reining PNR in. And I think this will mean that PNR will now have a much more difficult time um, in this state. It, it shows that the the huge, unprecedented level of faith, really, that, that this state was prepared to place in its PNR is is now um, you know at a much lower level. I think mm. vote looked to be along pretty uh, established tribal lines as well, which might signal a new uh, a, a switch or swing, indeed, in the uh, in the power base, as you say. But anyway, so that was the meat of uh, what was going on today. Uh, am I right? Tomorrow, do they finally start uh, debating GST options? Or sorry, tax review options A to E. Yes, unless there are more amendments which come in overnight, which I think at the moment looks unlikely. Um, at nine thirty on Friday, they they start debating all of these tax packages options A to E alongside each other, and then vote on them sequentially at the end. So, in other words, if I mean if A is approved, all the others fall. If it's not, they go to B until they get a majority in favour of one of these packages or throw all of them out. What are the chances of them getting through all of that general debate tomorrow, where every member can speak and they've got all of these tax packages to speak on? I would think really quite slim. So they're probably going to be looking at going into um, the next meeting in March or possibly looking at a, a date before then to come back and, and try and finish what is now a, a mammoth, almost unprecedentedly mammoth debate. So there's no reserve date allocated as we speak? No, the next state's meeting um, is uh, sometime late in March. Uh, so um, if uh, if they don't 
come up with a new date tomorrow, but they have to defer business. It will be until late in March. Uh, but I mean, it's possible they'll finish on, on Friday. But if you think about it, they've got six hours, even maybe seven hours if they shorten their lunch period. You've got 40 members who may all want to speak on these, uh, you know, really very significant and very different tax packages. So it, it's going to be a, a long, long day in the States on Friday, potentially with no conclusion. Mm. OK, so we're not expecting a big result tomorrow night. However, we will be back with uh, with an update on the day's proceedings. So uh, please tune in uh, and, and listen to us then uh, and do, uh, do buy uh, the Guernsey Press for the latest uh, debate report. OK, thanks and good night. Good night.